Ava DuVernay signs on to direct DC's New Gods for Warner Brothers. Rob Zombie announces filming has begun on his sequel to The Devil's Rejects. And Danny Boyle takes on Bond 25. This and much more on this week's Merc with the Movie Blog. Alright everybody, thanks for joining me again this week on Merc with the Movie Blog. Got a whole lot of great new movie news for you, and we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, our first story this week is Ava DuVernay is set to direct DC's New Gods for Warner Brothers. Uh, the, Ava DuVernay just recently came off of directing Wrinkle in Time. Uh, she's set to direct this new film for the, for the DC uh, Extended Universe, The New Gods. It's a creation from iconic comics artist Jack Kirby. Uh, it is part of the Fourth World Saga, which mixes uh, social commentary, mythology, and, and a bit of science fiction. It uh, sees a world between two alien planets, New Genesis and Apocalypse, arrive on Earth when Darkseid, the ruler of Apocalypse, uh, discovers that humanity holds the key to the anti-life equation, which allows its user to control all living beings in existence. Now, we have already seen a little bit from this world uh, in both Batman v Superman and in Justice League. Uh, Batman v Superman, we got a little bit of a hint of uh, Darkseid during the Nightmare Batman scene, um, where he was in the kind of dystopian world. There was the uh, you know we, that's the first time we saw the Parademons, which you know originate from that from the fourth world. Uh, that's where we saw Darkseid's uh, symbol, the Omega symbol. And then in Justice League, we actually got to see more of, of the Parademons. And then we also got Steppenwolf, which is uh, Darkseid's uncle in the comics, and the Mother Boxes, which originate from that world as well. So I think uh, I think this will be an interesting choice. Ava DuVernay has a great eye. So I mean, anybody who's watched Wrinkle of Time, I know it's been kind of divisive, but like no one can 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 say that it's not a beautiful film. And in order to do a film like this, you do have to have beautiful uh, visuals. Yes, you also have to have you know the story and everything, but you know it's not the same writer as Wrinkle in Time, so you know you don't have to worry about that. But it would definitely it'll be a gorgeous film to look at no matter what. Uh, no, no release date has been set yet, which I think is good. Um, sometimes DC tends to have this problem of, of putting out the release dates and setting things in stone, and then they end up backing out on it. So it's good that they're just announcing her as a director, but not you know putting a stamp on when this film's going to come out. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be good. Uh, from a little bit more in the world of DC, but on the animated side, we have Nicolas Cage finally getting the chance to put on the cape, sort of, as Superman in the Teen Titans Go to the Movies animated feature. Uh, many of you may know, uh, Nicolas Cage was originally set to play Superman in Tim Burton's defunct Superman Lives film. 
Uh, it, it never came to be. You can actually check out a pretty awesome documentary from John Schnepp called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. kind of details everything around the film. It's, it's a great documentary. I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, Cage will be joining the original cast from the show, which is great. I mean, it, I, they couldn't have it any, any other way, to be honest with you. Um, and also they announced that uh, rapper Lil Yachty has joined on as Green Lantern. Uh, singer-songwriter Halsey has joined on as Wonder Woman. And Will Arnett and Kristen Bell are also set to uh, voice characters. Uh, I was looking up some stuff because I hadn't heard anything about who Arnett or Bell were playing. So this may uh, be a little bit of a spoiler, so just be, be aware. Uh, from what I found, uh, Kristen Bell is playing a character named Jade Wilson, who is a film director that uh, the Titans seek out to try to get a movie about them made. And Will Arnett is actually set to play Slade Wilson, also known as Deathstroke, who has been a foe of Robin throughout the Teen Titans, the comics, and even the original animated series. So it's cool to see that character coming back. And obviously, Slade Wilson, Jade Wilson, there's got to be a, a relation there. So... I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. Uh, the movie's synopsis goes as such. It says, Existing in the same continuity as their crazy yet still active show, the Teen Titans find out that all the other DC superheroes seem to have films produced. So they seek out the perfect director for the, their debut on the big screen. But their old enemy Slade has other ideas in mind for them. So, as you can see, you know, with the synopsis, it straight up tells you that Slade's going to be there. And this perfect director, from what I was reading, is who Kristen Bell's character will be. So we'll, it should be interesting to see what happens. Uh, this film comes out uh, just a few more months, July 27th of 2018. Staying in the superhero world for just another little bit, uh, Deadpool 2 had some test screenings recently, and we've been getting some conflicting reports about how those test screenings actually went down and what the reshoots uh, for it are actually about. Uh, been, like I said, there have been a number of conflicting reports that had broke online recently regarding these early test screenings for Deadpool 2. Uh, entertainment blogger Jeremy Conrad even reported that the screenings did not go very well and that reshoots were being uh, ordered to fix the issue, while Collider Steven Weintraub was on the other side of this and dismissed these reports as completely untrue. Collider actually put out a report saying that the first test screening was back in January and it tested around a 90 or 91 out of 100. And then the studio had another test screening after some more edits had been completed at which the film tested in the high 90s. However, while both test screenings did go well, according to Collider, uh, crowds in both screenings did have the same complaint that they wanted more of Domino and Cable. And this is where the reshoots come in, because as, uh, as I've heard, these reshoots are being used to add more scenes with these characters. So if Collider is to be trusted, which I've always, I've never had an issue with, with Collider in any way. Stephen Weichrob has always been a reliable source uh, of information for, for stuff like this, so I, I tend to believe what he says. Um, I think that... It's, it, I think it's going. I think it's going well. I, I don't necessarily believe all the negativity around it, and it makes a lot of sense that if there was there were complaints that maybe were 
blown out of proportion, and that's where the initial reports came from. So if they're working to add more domino and cable, you know, that's a great thing. You know, I think that just even just from the, the one trailer that they had, like the big trailer that they had, they had a lot of cable and domino in it. They were great, especially James uh, Josh Brolin as cable. I think uh, adding a little bit more definitely couldn't hurt. And uh, we'll see on May 18th when it hits theaters whether or not uh, that worked out for them. Next up is Rob Zombie. He's currently filming the sequel to The Devil's Rejects. Uh, Zombie confirmed via his Instagram that filming for his sequel to The Devil's Rejects, titled Three from Hell, has officially begun. Now, does this title give us a clue as to how the Firefly family will actually return for this film? Because anybody who saw The Devil's Rejects knows that they were gunned down in a hail of bullets at the end of that movie. And, uh, you know, if you haven't seen it, I apologize as a spoiler, but that movie is very old. So, check it out. So, it's like, how do they come back from that? Did they not actually die? Which, I I don't see that as, as a possibility, if you've seen it. Um, is it possible that the title, Three from Hell, implies that the film will take on a bit of a supernatural turn? You never know. It's possible. Um, but one thing is that Rob Zombie did confirm that all three stars... Sherry Moon Zombie, Bill Mosley, and Sid Haig will all be returning for the sequel. And that is fantastic. They were great in that film. They worked extremely well together. And I am actually pretty excited to hear that all three of them are returning for the film. Uh, No release date has been set yet, but if one does pop up, I will keep you posted. Comedians Key and Peele are actually set to work with Netflix for a new film called Wendell and Wild. Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key are set to reteam for this Netflix film. The film went, like I said, Wendell and Wild. It's a stop-motion animated feature from the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, Henry Selleck. This really excites me. I love, love, love Nightmare Before Christmas. It is one of my favorite holiday films, one of my favorite animated films it's one of my just favorite films in general this one it's uh wendell and wild is based on an original idea by Selleck, whose other films do include uh films like Coraline, james and the giant peach which i i really do enjoy but it's night before christmas that's where it's at uh Selleck is actually writing the script along with with peel and clay mcleod chapman so i think this is one that people need to be looking out for. Um, like I said, it's a Netflix original. There's no release date yet, but uh, I'm sure that it'll be they'll be putting out advertisements for it because I've been seeing a lot of uh, television ads for things that are on Netflix lately. So just keep your eye out for Wendell and Wild. Next up, Danny Boyle confirms James Bond involvement. That means that he is getting ready to take on the directing role of James Bond 25. The director of Train Spotting confirmed his involvement in Bond 25 and promised that he will look at the modern world when it comes to writing the role of the next Bond girl, taking inspiration from the Time's Up movement. This is uh, a very interesting development for this film. As many people know, James Bond, the James Bond franchise is has been filled with sexism throughout you know the years that it's been around, the over 50 years that the franchise has been around. 
And to hear a director say that they're going to change it up will probably make some fans angry and will probably make some fans extremely happy. I, for one, am on the extremely happy side of this. I think it's great that he's, you know, making it a little bit more modern, you know, not just going to put girls in there for eye candy, actually make them, hopefully make them part of the story and something integral to the story and maybe even someone who's on par with Bond and can go one-on-one with him kind of a thing. So that's, that I'm really excited for. Uh, Boyle will co-write the script with John Ho, uh, Hodge with Daniel Craig set to reprise his role as 007 for the last time. This is the last time that Daniel Craig will put on the tux. And, you know, it's a little bit sad, but I think as long as, you know, he can go out, you know, on a high note with this, I think it'll be okay. I think it's about time because, you know, he's been kind of hit or miss with these films, but it is what it is when it comes to that. And uh, no release date yet for James Bond 25. Next up, Sam Raimi announces a reboot of The Grudge. Nicholas Pesky is set to direct this horror film from his own script with Damien Bashir, Andrea Risenborough, and John Cho set to cast. Uh, Raimi said this of the film, We went back to the original source material to deliver a relentless supernatural thrill ride that explores the horrors of American suburbia. Now, what this says to me is that they're actually going to be taking the film out from Japan, which anybody who knows, you know, it's The Grudge was originally a Japanese film called Juwan, and then in 2004, it was remade as an American film, but it was still set in Japan. So, but what Raimi's saying makes it sound like he's actually going to set it in America, which could be interesting because the basic premise. So, for those of you who don't, who haven't seen the first one or don't really remember it, the original adaptation starred uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and it portrayed her as a, she was an American nurse exposed to a supernatural curse uh, while working in Tokyo. Uh, this curse sends a person into a powerful rage before killing them and spreading to another victim. Now, the basic premise of it could work anywhere in the world. You know, a supernatural uh, curse, powerful rage, spreads to another victim. doesn't matter if it's in Japan. could be in Germany, America, Canada, Africa. It doesn't matter where it is. It can still work as long as the script is tight. You know, you don't want to, if it's a sloppy script, then it's just not, you know, it's not going to work. But I, I have faith in Raimi. He does real, really, really good with this kind of stuff. So the fact that uh, he he's working on this, I, I'm very, he's, he's producing this. I have a lot of faith in it. I don't know a lot about uh, the director, but I, I, Sam Raimi, I love his work. So I'll give him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, this film's production is actually set to begin this coming May, and, but there is no release date as of yet. This week we also saw a couple of tra- uh, big trailers drop. We saw Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, and Avengers Infinity War, the new trailer for that. I'm going to start by talking about fan- the new Fantastic Beasts movie. It looks great. I, I really enjoyed the first one. I know a lot of people... Uh, kind of bag on it because it's you know it's not the Harry it's not Harry Potter it's not the same, but it does have to me at least it has that feel it has the same feel as the Harry Potter films, 
And this one particularly, because we actually get to see Hogwarts, we meet the you know the young Dumbledore, which I'm really really excited for. Um, we get actually get to see a good shot of Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, and we actually find out that this franchise, this whole franchise, actually has a name, and it's called the Wizarding World. And I think that's actually really cool. It's really fitting. Um, and it's, instead of being like, you know, the Harry Potter world, it's the wizarding world. And I think that that actually works for, for this franchise and really helps elevate it. It was It's a beautiful trailer. You don't really get a whole lot from Newt and, and his crew. It seems to be a little bit more focused on showing us that Dumbledore is here. So, and, and it's just the first trailer, but... Hopefully we'll get to see a bit more from Newt and his and his gang you know, in the next trailer because they're the ones that made the first movie great. So we'll see when the next one pops up. Uh, and then we get to Avengers Infinity War. And this is the third Avengers film. And it'll be the, I believe, 19th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is crazy to think. Um, this one starts off with some narration from Gamora, which I thought was great. To hear of all the characters that could do the narration for this, Gamora is the perfect choice because she's the one you know, the one that really knows the most about Thanos. Uh, and I mean, in the first thirty seconds alone, we get a, a good understanding of how just how powerful Thanos can be with these stones if he gets them all. When you know, Gamora says that he can wipe out you know half of. The universe with a snap of his fingers, you know, that's, you know, if they get to that point, get even close to that, you're going to see some insane, insane stuff from this movie, and I just can't wait. Uh, There's a whole lot of stuff going on in this movie. Uh, We got an interaction between Tony Stark and Star-Lord, which was great. The two two, uh, wise asses of the MCU just going back, That that was pretty funny to see. Uh, there was a scene where Thanos, as from what I understand, it's a flashback scene of Thanos's past, and it's you see a, a young child Gamora grabbing his finger and then walking off, and that I, that seems like it's going to be pretty like just watching it. It seemed powerful to me, and I think that the scene, whatever happens in the film with it, is is going to be a pretty powerful scene. Uh, we also get to see. Three of the Infinity Stones, we see the one that's in the Vision, in his head, we see, which is the Mind Stone, I believe. And we see the Tesseract, which gets crushed by Thanos as he opens it to get the stone out. And then we also obviously see Doctor Strange's stone in, the, in his necklace, the Eye of Agamotto. Which, uh, so it's whether or not we get to see the other ones in this one or if they're going to save them for the next Avengers film, I don't know yet. And I've been starting to believe a little bit more in the theory that the last stone is actually in Wakanda. Uh, I used to think that, you know, because there's the, the, the Thanos theory where each stone lines up to a letter in the word Thanos. And so the last stone, if you know, in that theory, would have to line up with an H. And I always, I for a long time, I've been thinking it's in you know Heimdall, and that's why he can see the souls of everybody. But I've been thinking, after seeing Black Panther, that perhaps the stone is in the heart 
of Wakanda. And that is why, you know, how the flowers that, that get their power and, and everything. So, I mean, that would explain why a large portion of the film seems to be taking place in Wakanda. So, I'm actually really intrigued to see which way they're going to go with it and where this last stone is actually going to be. We also get to see uh, Thanos' Black Order, which is uh, consisting of Corvus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, Ebony Maw, and Cole Obsidian. We actually get a good close-up of Ebony Maw, and, and he looks great. So if they did a, as good a job with him as, uh, on the rest of them, I'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, then we get the end of the trailer, we get to see Cap and Thanos going at it, and that is just such a great scene. I can't wait to see how it all plays out, but that smirk on Thanos' face, it's like, does he, is he impressed with Cap? Because he can, you know, you know, he's holding out on him like that, or is he toying with him? I don't know. We're, we're going to have to wait and see. And it, it kind of reminds me of, in like, all the Captain America movies, you know, Steve Rogers' line of, I can do this all day. It, it really reminds me of that, and it wouldn't surprise me if he says it in that scene. And then we get to see the logo for uh, Infinity War, and then we get a little tag at the end of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, and it's hilarious. You know, he introduces himself as Peter Parker, and then Doctor Strange introduces himself as Doctor Strange, and then Peter Parker is like, oh, we're using our, our made-up names. Oh, you can call me Spider-Man. And it's really funny. Like I think Peter Parker, Tom Holland's Peter Parker is, is, is the best Spider-Man that I've personally seen on film. And I think he's going to really just add that little bit of humor that will be needed in some of these dark times throughout this film. I, I'm really excited to see what he brings to it. Now, this trailer came out and within six hours of this trailer coming out, which is when the, the tickets went on sale, it broke ticket sales records. And that's insane. This movie is going to be huge. It is, I, I'm going to guarantee this right now, it will be inside the top five highest grossing worldwide films of all time. Hands down. I, I, I'm going to guarantee this. The one thing, though, that I noticed about this trailer, that I, real quick that I want to touch touch on, I almost forgot to talk about it, is uh, that there was no Hawkeye or Ant-Man shown in this trailer. Where are these two characters? Um, I'm wondering if if Ant-Man is, is just laying low, because this is a big kind of a thing, and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's ready to go out and and fight the big alien guys, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a small-time kind of guy, so maybe he's hanging out, doing something else. Will we see him? I don't know. But Hawkeye, on the other hand, he's been there. He fought the, the Chitauri, you know, he, he fought Ultron, you know, he, he's been there for the big bads. So I really want to know where he is. What are they planning for him? Is he going to be one of the people that dies? I don't know. But... It's it's really telling that he's not in the trailer. So, but the movie comes out in like six weeks on uh, April twenty seventh. So, you know we'll see when that comes around, and all of our questions, I mean, they will be answered. Next, I want to go into uh, the weekend roundup, which is where I talk about all of the box office results for the weekend. 
We had a pretty slow weekend overall. Uh, the top five for the week were number five was Love, the new film Love, Simon. Okay, I brought in $11.5 million on a $17 million budget. Number four was Wrinkle in Time, which brought in another $16.6 million, which is, you know, it, it, it dropped from number two down to number one, number four in its second week. It's it, it doesn't look very good for Wrinkle in Time. It doesn't look like it's going to make too much. It's really going to have to rely on overseas stuff to really bring it in, but we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. Number three is the new faith-based film I Can Only Imagine, which brought in $17 million on a, on a tiny $7 million budget. You know, you can't underestimate the power of these faith-based films. You know, they, they tend to bring in, you know, especially the ones that, that can be made for cheap, they bring, in, they bring in the money. You know, it may not be like $50, 60000000 million, but they're, you know, more than doubled its budget, so you really can't... You know, you really, you really can't scoff at something like that. Whether you like those types of movies or not, they do make their money back. Uh, number two was the new film Tomb Raider, which had a fairly disappointing domestic opening of $23.5 million on a $94 million budget. Now, that may seem really small, and it is. You, you know, you're not wrong in thinking that. However, it's Overseas, international hall is where you really want to look at because worldwide it brought in $126 million. It already made its budget back when it comes to that. Now it's just got, it has to just keep chugging away. You know, maybe pick up a little bit more here, but it's really, just like Wrinkle in Time, it's really going to have to uh, depend on that international market. It's really going to have to rake in that money to make it, make it back and, and to justify future films. So we'll see. I've heard uh, I've heard some mixed reviews, but I've actually you know I've heard more good than bad about this film. I really think that it's a lot of it is Black Panther just eating up that box office dollar because again Black Panther took number one this week with twenty seven million dollars. Now it's eating up this box office money and really just holding down a lot of the other films, unfortunately. Um, but you know what? It's a great film, and it deserves all the accolades that it's getting, and it deserves all this money that it's getting. Now, seeing, like I said, seeing Tomb Raider fail at the box off like this, it is very, very disappointing because I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't gotten a chance to see it myself. But one of the other things that I that I was kind of disappointed to see be so low was Love Simon, which took, like I said, took on the number five. I've heard such great things about this film i've heard from some people that it is one of the best films of the year so far now granted it's still early in the year but that's still you know that's still kind of big and to see it not break you know it hit number five and that's it and it just barely got in there it's really disappointing because people are always asking for more original films let's you know instead of having these big you know franchise films or you know at comic book or video game adaptations things like that i mean you got black panther tomb raider wrinkle in time big big films all taking above love simon now for these people who keep saying that they want these more original films you got to go and see them you got to take the time you got to make the effort to go and see these films and i know somebody was saying that they wondered if um 
a lot of the free screenings because apparently Love Simon did a whole bunch of, you know, of pre screenings and free, you know things like that before the weekend, and they wonder if you know if that really affected it because people had already seen it. It was it was a festival film, and you know it's possible, but so many films have pre screenings. You know what I mean, and people still go and see them, but. The problem is with these lower budget films, you don't necessarily get a lot of marketing. People don't necessarily know a lot about it. And with the topic of the film, it can be a little controversial for some people. And they may just say, oh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a film about, about a, a gay kid coming out. Oh, I don't want to go see that. And, you know, that really hurts my heart. Because I really wish that people would be a little bit more open when it came to films like that, because it may surprise you. You know, it's 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 a coming of age film, whether he's gay or straight. It's a coming of age film, and from what I have heard, it's an excellently made film, and people should be checking this one out. All right, now for the end of the show, I I like to do a mini review of a film that I saw this this past week, and I saw you know a few films. I saw. Gringo, and I saw Red Sparrow, both of which I'm going to be doing write-ups of soon. But the one that I really want to talk about is Wrinkle in Time. Now, unlike a lot of the people out there, I had a really good time watching this film. Now, I'm not going to say that it's the greatest film of all time or anything crazy like that. And I can admit that the plot wasn't the strongest thing. However, it also wasn't super, super weak. It was a simple plot. It really was. And it and it resolved fairly simply. But the visuals behind it, the message behind it, and the, and the performances, the stellar acting in it, are really what made this film as good as it is for me. I, I absolutely loved how it looked. I loved the performances. It just, it, it spoke to me I, you know, a, as a father. You know, it, it really kind of hit me at times. So maybe I just connected a little bit more with it than some people. But I really think it's getting some undue hate. You know, and I feel like that's been happening a lot lately with certain films. But, I mean, there's not a lot that can be done about it. People are going to say what they're going to say. But I really believe that people should give this this one a shot. You know, it's not been doing good in the box office. People look at that, and they look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, and they see, you know, low score. And so they're just like, ah, I'm not going to go see it. But I really think people should take the time to check this one out. Um, it had some, like I said, it really had some great performances, particularly from the, now this is going to sound kind of weird, because it's not even the, the main, main, character in the film but Derek McCobb McCabe I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name who played uh, Charles Wallace the, the the young boy he was stellar in this film it was amazing I feel like we're gonna see a lot from him just like when uh, Jacob Tremblay kind of burst out onto the scene this kid he's got a bright future I think we're really gonna see a lot from him and then you know Chris Pine was great here you know taking on you know a more serious role it was awesome to see him play this role and he did it superbly um and then someone that really kind of stuck out for me and my wife 
was Reese Witherspoon as Mrs. What's It. Her, she was so quirky and just so cool. And it was the one character that my wife really, really latched onto and really enjoyed. So I, I, really, I just kind of wanted to give a shout out to, uh, to Reese for that. Because it, it was a great performance in my opinion. And it was, it was, the whole thing was just entertaining. It was fun, fun to watch. And like I said, it had a great message behind it and really made you think. So definitely go check it out while it's still in theaters. Well, that's about it for me. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's been, you know, listening and everything. So if you got, you know, any questions for me, you ever want to just chat movies, just reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, I'm Merc with a movie blog on Facebook. And you can also reach me on Twitter and Instagram at MovieBlogMerc. All right, so come back next time. And remember, watch more films.